welcome to Teen Mum Universe, an exploration of all things Teen Mum, sprinkled with a bit of British flavour. I'm your host, Lucy B. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Teen Mum Universe. Massive, massive apologies for not putting out an episode last weekend, but I'm back, I'm back in the game, I'm back with Caitlin, 16 and pregnant, which let me tell you was a emotional roller coaster. I'm back in the car again. So eager was I to release this week's episode in a timely manner. And by timely manner, I mean just a week late. I didn't even go upstairs into my room when I got back from work just now. I was like, no, I'm staying in the car. I'm recording it in the car. Let's get this done. So anyway, how are you? I didn't ask that today. I hope everyone is well forgive me i was so excited to do the podcast i didn't even ask how you are i'm fine i'm eager to dive into caitlin 16 and pregnant oh social media question of the week i nearly forgot that as well oh what is going on today so if you follow me on social media if you don't i don't know why but if you do follow me on social media you will have seen that for this week's social media question of the week i presented three iconic amber scenes and asked you to decide which was your favorite one we had matt and amber in vegas when matt says i will not marry her now ever and says to a producer kirthy i think it's kirthy the one that's there you do whatever you gotta do to keep this off the air very odd very amazing to watch we had this is the man i've been hiding from you matt's amazing first introduction to the team mum world and we had of course the classic matt takes a lie detector test fails the lie detector test and amber yells trash at him whilst a garbage truck is also conveniently driving past beautiful tv now the one i'm gonna go for may surprise you but i'm gonna go for this is the man i've been hiding from you because that is matt's first ever introduction into teen mom and my god what a door of opportunity it opened as soon as matt was introduced into the teen mom world this show got 100,000 times better so i'm gonna celebrate that moment in all its glory of us meeting matt for the very first time to catch next week's social media question of the week follow me on instagram at teen mum universe that's at teen mum yo universe see what i did there for social media question of the week and more now business done let's go straight into caitlin's 16 and pregnant Hi, my name is Caitlin. I'm 16. I'm from Algonac, Michigan, a small town right across the river from Canada. During the winter, there's absolutely nothing to do around here unless you like ice fishing. That's my boyfriend, Tyler. We've been together since seventh grade. My family situation is totally chaotic. I've lived in 13 different houses since I was born. My mom is pretty unpredictable and she can be really moody. Here we get a clip of April. Our first ever introduction of April is April slamming a door in her house and mouthing bitch at Caitlin. Lovely. She does her best, but I never know if she'll really be there for me. Tyler's life has been hard too. 
His dad, Butch, has been in and out of prison for most of his life. Even though Tyler and I are used to surprises, nothing could have shocked us more than when our parents fell in love and got married. So technically, we're step-siblings, but we say that they're the weird ones because we were dating first. Just a moment to fully appreciate the fact that, yes, technically, Kate and Ty are step-siblings. Great. Had that moment? Let's move on. Even though it seems like a recipe for drama, for the most part, everyone gets along. But it's about to get a whole lot crazy around here because I'm pregnant. Dun, 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 dun. 16 weeks pregnant. We're still juniors in high school and we're not sure we're ready to be parents. So we're talking about adoption. So Tyler, Caitlin, and two friends are walking down a snow-lined road. One of the friends here is Ashley. Ashley, who goes on to be Tyler's best man at the wedding, or best woman, and also recently appeared in an episode where it was revealed she now has a drug problem. The friends ask Caitlin what she did when she found out she was pregnant, and Tyler, ever the gentleman, cuts in and answers right for her and says, oh, she cried, she cried. Caitlin says, it's like I got something growing in me. And then Tyler says, you've got something growing in you. Thank you for clarifying, Tyler. Thank you for cutting in there and then just repeating exactly what Caitlin said. And that something turned out to be a baby girl. Caitlin talks to her friend, who we now learn is called Tabitha. Tabitha, I just want to say, has a plethora of piercings in her ears. In fact, I counted and she had seven studs and hoops down the side of one of her ears. So, ear piercing goals there from Tabitha. Caitlin says there aren't a lot of good things about keeping the baby. And she says adoption is scary, but parenting is even scarier. Next scene. Tyler is shooting some hoops with Ashley. Ashley asks how they got pregnant, and Tyler says they used a condom that had gone through the washing machine. Are these people not checking their pockets before they do a wash? Like, come on, that is basic washing etiquette. Tyler is also so skinny and young looking here. They're both so, so young. A little bit later, I'm going to get into my opinions on Caitlin and Tyler, which, by the way, are positive. I'm Caitlin and Tyler fans. But we'll get more into that later. Now we get an edgy split screen of Tyler talking to his friend and Caitlin talking to her friend. Caitlin says to her friend, the thing with adoption is imagine walking in there with it inside of you and then just leaving with nothing. The friend ever so supportive says, I would cry if I were you. And Caitlin's like, oh, I already did enough of that. Thank you friend for that such those words of comfort. We get a shot of Caitlin's house from the outside here, and it's actually less crappy looking than I thought it would be, considering April and Butch live there. But then we see inside and it is not great. It's kind of messy and cluttered, and I feel like the whole house smells like cigarette smoke all the time. Caitlin and her mum chat in the living room. April, Caitlin's mum, says she still loves Caitlin, and Caitlin says, yeah, but I know you don't agree with adoption. I just want to add, why does April not agree with adoption? Because, again, I feel like adoption or abortion are probably better options for 16-year-olds than parenting. I got distracted then anyway because I noticed that the walls had been crayoned all over. Probably by Baby Nick, a.k.a. the boy that never ages. He's been 13, I swear, for the last 15 years. 
Anyway, there's no way they're getting that security deposit back with all that crayon on the wall. Voiceover. And Tyler's dad was anything but supportive. Tyler and his dad sit in a dark room in some sort of diner, question mark. And Butch says he can't imagine giving Tyler away. Tyler, again, Tyler and Kate are completely right here and totally on their side. Tyler says he wants his daughter to have a chance at life. Butch then says something inaudible here. It sounds something like, Hup, they're, they're like this, here's my son, 16, 17 years old, gives his kid away. I'll repeat that. Hup, they're, they're like this, here's my son, 16, 17 years old, gives his kid away. Butch definitely isn't sure how old Tyler is here. He's hedging his bets. He's like 16, 17. Butch says, you man up, you wasn't the cowboy I thought you were. Eek, so much toxicity from Butch there. It really changes things not to have our family support, but as hard as it will be for my mum and Butch, ultimately, we're the ones that have to make this decision. We get a shot of Tyler and Caitlin cuddling now in Tyler's room. It's the same room that we go on to see in the early seasons of Teen Mum with the bright red painted wall. There's no way he's getting any sleep in a room that's painted that colour. That is the least soothing colour palette to go in a bedroom. There's also zero sexual chemistry between Kate and Ty here. Tyler is now sat up against the wall. He's also wearing a bright red t-shirt at this point. So I just want to point out he's completely camouflaged and basically looks like a floating head. They again talk about what they should do. Should they keep the baby? Should they go with adoption? This is all fake anyway because... I later found out, at this point, Tyler and Caitlin had already decided to go down the adoption route because it was actually the adoption agency that put them in touch with MTV. MTV wanted to do an adoption storyline, adoption, and that's how they got hooked up with Kate and Tyler because they'd already decided to pursue adoption. So, fun fact there, there's a lot of fakery going on at the start of this episode. Tyler says, I think keeping the baby would probably ruin us. And that right there is the reason that Caitlin went along with the adoption, in my opinion, because she was terrified of losing Tyler and still is. And I don't blame her because she comes from such a... Her family is so terrible. Of course she wants to keep hold of this one thing that loves her and supports her. They say they don't have stable households, although I am a bit confused because Kim has always seemed pretty stable. So could they have raised the baby there? But I suppose also what they're saying is they don't have any money and they've got to go to school. So again, like I totally understand their decision and support it. Okay, so we've decided we're not ready to raise a child, but are we strong enough to give one away? 20 weeks pregnant. Our parents may not support us, but we've decided to go to the adoption agency anyway to get things started. Caitlin here is rocking the 2008-2009 crispy hair and straight bangs a la Leah Mesa, and she looks great. We meet Dawn for the first time, Dawn the adoption counsellor of course, who's wearing a blue shirt and a striped waistcoat like some sort of ice cream vendor. They talk about why adoption might be the best option for them. Caitlin says they're too young, they want to go to school and they want to go to college, which is sad because even after placing Carly for adoption, they actually never went to college. Although Caitlin is now a master microblader now, so it was all worth it. Tyler's hair here appears to have been dyed black and it's all spiky like Sonic the Hedgehog. It is a look. Dawn gives Kate and Tyler the adoption profile books to take home and pick a family. 
Dawn says, sometimes the most loving thing we can do is be selfless and let go. And Tyler says, yes. And he's staring very intensely in a way that I would find incredibly disarming if I was Dawn. It's a stare that says, I have seen things. Two weeks later, I was keeping up in school and actually feeling pretty good about our decision. Outside shot of the school here. Again, the ground is lined with snow. The weather looks miserable there. Do they even get seasons? I, I've noticed in more recent seasons that Kate and Ty do wear shorts and t-shirts sometimes. But yeah, throughout this entire episode, it's permanently snowing, it seems like. Caitlin and Tyler go to a friend's house and talk about adoption. Kate says actually deciding to go through with adoption was harder than she thought it would be. She's eating an ice lolly here and looks like an actual child. She's also rocking some bright purple eyeshadow here. Caitlin says when the baby's born she doesn't want to hold her and her friend Tabitha from before says, Dude, I am holding that baby when she comes out of your pussy. Wow, Tabitha, thank you. What a beautiful image there. Tabitha, by the way, who sounds like she smokes 60 cigarettes a day, says she would have got an abortion. And then I thought this conversation was then going to lead into why Caitlin and Tyler did not opt to get an abortion. But we don't. It doesn't lead anywhere. My guess is that most likely they found out she was pregnant after the point of it being okay to get an abortion. I think you can only have an abortion... If you're so many weeks pregnant, if you're fairly far along, you can't get the abortion. So I'm guessing that's what it was. But I don't know. I'm just guessing there. Back at Tyler's house. So Caitlin and Tyler have 10 family profile books to look at. They say they don't want anyone who already has kids unless the kids are adopted, which I guess makes sense because they want to give their child to a couple that can't naturally conceive. Tyler says, this is the one I like. And we get our first sighting of Brandon and Teresa. So there's a picture of Brandon and Teresa stuck on the front of the book. And I don't know who made these profile books, but they definitely look like year six art projects. We zoom in on one of the pages in Brandon and Teresa's adoption profile book. And I, of course, paused it so I could read what it said. So here's what it said, a little bit about Brandon and Teresa. One of our favourite things to do together is travel. We have seen much of the world in our few short years of marriage, including overseas trips to London, Ireland, Scotland, Prague, and have travelled to some great cities in America like Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, to name a few. Whether boating through a rainstorm in Ireland or dancing with hula girls in Hawaii, vacation or family time will always be important to us. Great. Apologies, I just paused there to eat a cereal bar, which was delicious if anyone's interested. So they're looking through Brandon and Teresa's book. Tyler says, Brandon's a financial planner. And Caitlin says, I don't even know what that is. Brandon and Teresa's world was a whole different world to Tyler and Caitlin. And I think they've since said they thought that all stable families looked like Brandon and Teresa and were as conservative as Brandon and Teresa. And I think with the knowledge they have now, they've kind of hinted that they wouldn't have gone with them. You know, they would have gone with a stable family who had money, but who perhaps had more in common with Kate and Tyler, but they didn't know that at the time. This was, you know, they lived in this tiny town in Michigan on the bread line and they saw this couple with a nice house who could go on holiday and they were like, yeah, that's who I want to raise my child. 
Caitlin and Tyler decide they are gonna go with Brandon and Teresa. They didn't actually get that much info about them. These adoption profile books are not very detailed. You know, there's that little bit about going on holidays. Sure, okay, you like to travel, but I can understand why it all went so south because they did know hardly anything about Brandon and Teresa here other than the fact that, you know, they lived in a big house and they liked water skiing. With our family selected, we made another appointment to see Dawn. So Butch is lurking in the kitchen now with a, with his pedo tash and his mullet and his scraggly rat tail plait. And he's asking Kate why she thinks the baby will be better off not with their natural family. April sits at the table, not saying anything here. I think she's crushing some tobacco, ready to smoke it. I don't know if that's a thing. If not, she's definitely doing cocaine on camera. She looks rough as hell here. Again, I'll go more into my opinions on April later. I mean, of course, she's massively glowed up now and she's sober, but whoo, these early seasons of 16 and pregnant and teen mum were not, not a good look for April. Butch says, so it's not good enough for you here? And Tyler says, you're absolutely right. It's not good enough for my kid. My kid deserves way better than this, way better. You're absolutely right. Not good enough for my kid. And again, I can't argue with that. Caitlin and Tyler are being selfless and they're doing the best thing for their child. And Butch and April, unfortunately, are just refusing to see that. Butch says, all a baby needs is love. And Tyler says, no, that's not all a baby needs is love, Dad. This clip is, of course, played back to us many, many times in various future roundups. It's Caitlin and Tyler's equivalent of the amber scene where her belly is painted like a pumpkin, which we've all seen far, far too many times. In this miserable scene, Caitlin is ironically wearing a t-shirt, which says happy camper on it. Butch and Tyler argue. Butch says, I gave you a role model. And Tyler's like, no, you didn't. You're in prison my whole life, which is another fair point. Tyler and Kate walk down some sort of boardwalk here and cuddle. It's fairly scenic. Despite our parents' disapproval, Dawn came over to Tyler's house because we were ready to move forward with the adoption plan. So they leave the boardwalk and go back to Tyler's house. They tell Dawn that they really like Brennan and Teresa. They say we pretty much like everything about them. Everything I wanted my child to have, they have. Caitlin says she likes that Teresa's gonna be a stay-at-home mom and the dad's gonna be the provider. Tyler then asks when's the soonest they can meet them and Dawn says they can do it within a week or two. This is all moving pretty fast. Again, I wonder if Caitlin and Tyler had actually already chosen Brandon and Teresa a while ago and MTV are just making it look now like they've just decided to go with them. Caitlin tells Dawn that she doesn't even want to see or touch the baby when she's born because she'll get too attached which oh we know that didn't go according to plan because Caitlin ends up holding the baby with her in the hospital for ages and ages before they do the handover. Dawn says she's never had someone regret doing a hello and goodbye because that's a moment that you can't recapture later and so it's something to really think about. Caitlin says, that makes me want to cry. And then she does cry. And Dawn says, what part of it makes you want to cry? Um, I don't know, Dawn. Use your brain. What do you think is making her cry about the fact that she has to give birth to a child and then give it away? Jeez. Tyler hugs Caitlin at this moment. And again, I'm just very glad that she's got Tyler. I know people think 
they're a terribly matched couple and that they're only together because they're trauma bonded and they don't have any sexual chemistry and in some ways I agree with that but also I just think god these kids need each other because they don't have anyone else so I'm glad they've got each other. 31 weeks pregnant. Because it's harder to move around these days, I'm trying to keep up with school from home, but I never thought schoolwork would be the least of my worries. My mom knows I'm going forward with the adoption, but she's been dropping not-so-subtle hints that she wants me to change my mind, bringing baby clothes home and buying a bassinet. We then get a shot of said bassinet in case we don't know what that is. Caitlin and April go to Big River Grill then to chat. Caitlin asks April why she thinks Caitlin should keep her. April says she thinks Caitlin would be a good mom. Caitlin has a completely different colour hair here, by the way. It's a sort of strawberry blonde colour at this point, as opposed to the jet black seen in all the other scenes. I think it looks really nice, although MTV are definitely messing with continuity here. Like, this scene was definitely filmed either much later or much earlier than what they're trying to sell us. So Caitlin's in the diner, she's chomping down on a bread roll and I'm super jealous because at the moment of writing the notes I was super hungry. Guess what? I'm still hungry now, two days after I've written the notes. I mean I ate in between of course but let's just all understand that I'm constantly hungry. Caitlin says she's scared if she keeps her but she's also scared of the pain she'll go through if she gives her away. Oh God, it's so sad this episode. I really did struggle to find anything to make fun of because it's just a very sad situation. April says to Caitlin that she's still got time to change her mind which is not very supportive because it seems like Caitlin is already struggling with the decision so what April probably needs to say is you know I think you're making the right decision and I'll support you throughout instead of trying to persuade her to change her mind. Only nine weeks away from my due date my mom is taking me to get a sonogram to see the baby's growth and position. April, Tyler and Nick, oh god bless his soul, walk into the sonogram place. Nick looks again exactly the same now as he has looked for the past 15 years. Apparently April is hoping that the sonogram will make Caitlin change her mind and make her want to keep the baby. We see Caitlin get the scan. April says she looks like you Tyler and Caitlin laughs and it's sad because in different circumstances I think she would have been a really great mum and it's sad that they had to place this child for adoption. Later on, Kate and Ty look at the scan pictures and MTV get a shot of Caitlin dramatically staring out of her window into the middle distance to signify that she is pondering her decision. Before I knew it, we were only a day away from meeting the adoptive parents, Brandon and Teresa. They sit in Kate's bedroom. I think it's Kate's bedroom. There's a lot of very dark wood furniture in there, apart from a bright pink bedspread in the middle of the room. They talk about what it'll be like if they meet Brendan and Teresa and don't like them. Tyler says he thinks he'll like them and that Brendan just seems a bit dorky. And Kate says, yeah, but that's all right. She can have a dorky dad, which again is so cute. Caitlin hopes that when the baby is the age that they are now she'll want to come visit them and i hope that is the case too and i'm so so sad at the way that this adoptive plan has panned out in that caitlin and tyler are now barely seeing carly even you know once in a two-year period so i also hope that when carly reaches the age of 16 she will want to go and see caitlin and tyler and yeah i'm just really hoping i'm just really holding out for that and i'm sure they are too 
The prospect of meeting Brandon and Teresa for the first time is making me seriously anxious. I texted my mom to see if she wanted to come and she was not happy. Caitlin's hair is dark again now. I just want to point out, so I don't know what's going on with that continuity. April arrives home looking like she's just finished an all-night cocaine bender. She's wearing shades covering her eyes. Her hair is bedraggled. She walks in. Kate says hi and April just pretty much ignores her. Classic. Caitlin then picks up a cat from the kitchen sideboard and dangles it upside down while they talk about how April, how they think April thought Caitlin wouldn't go through with it. I took a screenshot of this. The way she's holding this cat, it's legitimately, she it's hanging from its legs. It's completely upside down and she just holds it like that for ages. You have to check out the picture. I'll put it on Instagram. Now that the day to meet the adaptive parents is here, I just hope we like them. So over at Bethany Christian Services now, Brandon and Teresa wait to meet Kate and Tyler. Teresa and Dawn are coordinating here in matching pink jumpers. Kate and Tyler walk in to meet them. They look so terrified and so young. Caitlin here is rocking a belt under the boobs, aka Amber Portwood style here. It's the flowy top with the thick belt right underneath the boobs, very 2009. Teresa hugs Kate and it seems like she's never going to let her go and Caitlin says that her heart is racing and it's all very sweet. They sit down and they have a bit of a stilted conversation, you know, it's a little bit awkward but again, all parties seem very sweet and very genuine. Dawn tries to make conversation and asks how Brandon and Teresa met and Brandon says they met at church. Of course they met at church, that makes a lot of sense. Brandon says he works for a small financial services company and Teresa works for a private Christian school. Again, of course she does. Throughout this whole meeting, Teresa looks on the verge of tears. She tells them how they've been able to start a family. And again, it's just really sad. There's nothing to joke about here. I know Brandon and Teresa have since been villainized and yeah, I, I admittedly am not not fans of them after the way this whole adoption thing has panned out but I actually think the fault lies with Bethany Christian services in this whole situation because these guys were never going to be a good fit Brandon and Teresa clearly wanted a closed adoption and were sort of coerced into this semi-open thing because they were so desperate for a baby and Kate and Tyler clearly wanted an open adoption. So this match was never going to work. And I think it's super sad that Bethany at Christian Services forced them together. I also remember watching this about 10 years ago when it first aired and thinking Brandon and Teresa looked really old. But actually watching it now with fresh eyes, I reckon they're not that much older than me. They're probably in their early to mid 30s. Dawn asks Kate and Tyler to tell Brandon and Teresa what they want out of the adoption. Caitlin says she wants to be able to buy the baby birthday presents and to see pictures. They don't actually mention anything about visits here, but presumably they also, of course, want this and it gets brought up at a later date. Kate says she wants her to be raised in a household and not move from house to house like she did. Kate's voice is on the verge of tears here. She wants the baby to have better than what she had. And I know that I can't do that. So I'm just doing the right thing that I think best for her. And I know you guys can provide for her a lot more than I can. And then she starts crying. It's very sad. It must really screw Caitlin and Tyler up to know now that they probably earn 
much more than Brennan and Teresa earn, but that the source of that wealth purely came from the fact that they gave up their daughter. After our meeting with Brandon and Teresa, Dawn wanted to see how we felt. So Dawn oh so subtly sits with Caitlin and Tyler and asks straight up, so how'd you feel? Caitlin and Tyler said they like them. I think Kate and Tyler just aren't used to people being nice to them and aren't used to being around reasonably well-balanced people. And so that's why they love Brandon and Teresa so much. And I don't think they realize that actually most people are like that because they've just never experienced that in their lives. Kate and Tyler in the car afterwards and April rings. She says, what do you do today, Caitlin? Caitlin says, I went to go and meet the parents. April goes, yeah, thanks for taking me, you bitch. And April wonders why they considered adoption. Of course they wouldn't want to raise a baby in a household like this. Caitlin starts crying. I mean, who wouldn't? She said, it sucks not having my mom on my side. I just hope she comes around before the baby is born. Nope, she doesn't. Spoiler there. So after Carly was born, I actually found out that April and Butch took Brandon and Teresa to court to try and contest the adoption and to get a, and to get grandparents' rights. Of course, the judge took one look at them and was like, nope, and Brandon and Teresa got to keep Carly. But I'm not going to worry about it now. We're going to lunch with Brandon and Teresa to get to know them better. So Brandon, Teresa, Caitlin, Tyler and Dawn sit around a table eating. They're in front of what looks like a massive whiteboard. I feel like they're definitely not in a restaurant here. Are they in the Bethany Christian sort of meet and greet area? I don't know. If it's a restaurant, it's a very oddly designed restaurant because it looks like a classroom. Teresa is in the same pink jumper here as before, so it must be right after. They talk, Caitlin and Tyler ask Brandon and Teresa if they're planning on adopting more children because they want Carly to have brothers and sisters and Brandon and Teresa say, yeah, they do. To be honest, I feel like Brandon and Teresa would have agreed to anything Kate and Ty said at this point because they're so desperate for a baby. Teresa then gives a little motivational speak that she clearly rehearsed in the car. You know, she says, oh, I'm so thankful you entrusted her with us. We're going to make sure she gets to do everything she wants, etc., etc." Kate tells them she's definitely going to go through with the adoption and they don't have to worry about her being wishy-washy. Over the next few weeks, we talked more with Brandon and Teresa. They picked a name that we liked. Carolyn, Carly for short. I wonder if Caitlin and Tyler didn't like the name Carly, if they would have gone ahead and called her something else. I think, nope, they would have gone with Carly regardless. Cause that's what sort of people I think Brandon and Teresa are. And we got ready for the baby. We sold a baby blanket and made a scrapbook. Oh guys, the scrapbook cut to 10 years later. Caitlin and Tyler are rushing to finish the 10 year scrapbook and being late to meet Carly. I don't know if you remember that. That was in a fairly recent series. They were wanting to do this scrapbook and give it to her for her 10th birthday and they hadn't finished it and then they were late to meet them and it was all very chaotic. I have a theory though that subconsciously Kate procrastinated on doing the scrapbook because subconsciously it's just too hard for her to engage with anything about Carly. I think that's why they don't you know, send a birthday present every year, send Christmas presents every year, which we know that they don't do that. They admitted that they don't do that. And I think it's just, 
I think Caitlin, she may not know it, but is subconsciously distancing herself from Carly because it's just too hard to deal with. And that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case and I wouldn't judge that because I can't imagine how hard, you know, it is for Caitlin and Tyler. Before I knew it, my due date was around the corner. And to my total surprise, I went to the doctor and she told me she would induce labor in three days. More context there, please, MTV. Is that normal that you just go to the doctors near your due date and they say that they're going to induce you? I don't know. Teresa calls Caitlin and Caitlin tells her the date of the induction. So maybe that's why they induce her so that the adoptive parents can fly in. I don't know. I'm not sure. April walks past at this point with five litres of coke. The drink, not the drug, although she's probably got the drugs somewhere on her persons too. She slams the door and goes to sulk in the car. And as usual, Kate is the adult who expands the olive branch and goes out to, uh, to hug her mom and see if she's okay. Emotions are running high and not just with my mom. Even Butch can't understand our decision. Butch and Tyler sit on the back porch. Butch is chain-smoking away. Butch, aka a parent of the year, tells Tyler he should just make it happen and step up to be a dad. Sorry, coming from you, Butch. Butch still has his little rat's tail sticking out from under his cap here. He asks how Caitlin's going to feel when she has a human coming out of her body and she has to give it up. Tyler says, you know, we've been preparing for it. Butch says, prepared how to raise it. That's what you should have been doing. Great. Our parents are really upset with our decision, but we know it's the right one. Since we're going to the hospital Monday morning, Tyler decided to write a letter to our daughter so she will always know where she comes from and that she's loved. Kate's fringe here, by the way, I just want to say, looks perfect. It's sort of perfectly coiffured. Is that the word? Coiffured? It's very, it's just sitting very well on her forehead and I just wanted to point that out that I think she looks good she asks Tyler to read the letter and he reads it and the letter itself is so sad and emotional but the way that Tyler reads it is almost comically monotone so the letter says first off I want to tell you I love you so much words can never explain the love a father has for his daughter when your mum and I found out she was pregnant with you, we didn't know what we were going to do. We were so young and inexperienced in life yet. After thinking and thinking, we came to the decision that adoption was the best choice for you. The thought of what kind of dad I wanted to be and what you deserved in life just didn't mix. I think about you every day. You are everything to me. I don't ever want you to think I didn't want you. I will always love you. You're in my thoughts every day. Love your daddy. <clears throat> Kate says that's sad and that she wants to cry and it is really sad and what's even sadder is that Brandon and Teresa probably tore open that letter and changed the bit at the end where it says love from your daddy they probably crossed that out and wrote love from Tyler because they just won't let them have it at a moment the thing that infuriated me the most about Brandon and Teresa was at Caitlin and Tyler's wedding when Carly wanted to get up and dance with them and Teresa insisted on going up there dancing with them it's like, no, let them have this one moment with their biological daughter. You get to take this girl home and have her for the rest of your life. Just let them dance together. I really didn't appreciate Teresa storming the dance floor and dancing with them. I think it would have been nice for Kate and Tyler to have that moment on their wedding day of being able to dance with their two biological children. It doesn't matter how ready we are, because ready or not, this baby's coming. I can't believe I'm on my way to the hospital to be induced and that I'm going to give birth to my baby sometime today. 
we got a timestamp now saying 5am. I wouldn't want to get up at 5am even if I knew that after labour I'd get to keep the baby afterwards. So that must have been so miserable getting up that early and knowing that you've got to go through this traumatic event. I've been through so much already and I still feel totally unprepared. They drive to the hospital and go into the labour ward. April is there with them, which I'm actually shocked at. I'm surprised she turned up. Kate is in the bed, hooked up to an IV to give her Pitocin, which speeds up the labour. They actually showed the needle going right into her hand at this point, which MTV, I did not want to see that. I did not need that close-up of the needle piercing Caitlin's skin. Ugh. Two hours into labour. So Dr. Neva comes in and checks Caitlin's cervix and breaks her water, which looks horrendous. She puts this giant pointy stick up Kate's vagina and all the water then pours out. Kate is staying surprisingly calm though. The doctor is really nice and gives her a hug. The whole while April is sat right at the other end of the room not saying anything. I feel like giving Caitlin a hug should be your job April but whatever thank god Dr Neva is stepping in and offering some support. As the labour progresses Kate then looks to be in a lot of pain. April doesn't say anything again but she does at least get up to stroke her hair at this point so I guess that's something. I got my epidural while Tyler went to go meet Brandon and Teresa who are going to wait in the reception area. Brendan and Teresa turn up now and I'm trying not to massively dislike them but it is hard because I know how this whole thing turns out. Tyler says they ask who's here and Tyler lists the names of everyone who's here including April and Brendan and Teresa kind of look at each other like oh does she know we're coming because we know at this point that April hates Brendan and Teresa. Kim then walks down some corridor in a pink hoodie and she says, I hope I'm not getting everyone freaked out, but they told me she's at nine and a half. So I guess Caitlin is nine and a half centimetres dilated. We get a shot of the waiting room. Kate's little sister is there who looks the spitting image of Caitlin. We only really ever saw her after this in the Being Caitlin episode. I think it was that episode where the little sister was potentially pregnant and then she's never appeared since and i really want to know her story what's that about mtv kate says she's feeling the urge to push it's really tense everyone looks really scared kate is really quiet and focused during the labor she's doing such a good job tyler on the other hand is a bawling mtv really got in there and filmed this whole thing as well they're like the camera must have been right up on her you know, which is probably not ideal when you're trying to push a baby out of your vagina. So she's pushing and pushing, the baby's nearly here, and the doctor tells Caitlin to open her eyes so she can see the baby coming out, but Caitlin doesn't want to see. This bit's really sad, the doctor keeps telling her to look, and Caitlin and Tyler are both crying, and they're saying, no, we don't want to see, we don't want to see, it's so traumatic. Did someone not brief the doctors beforehand that Caitlin and Tyler didn't want to see the baby? Because Caitlin and Tyler are doing everything they can to not look at this little baby that they're bringing into the world so they don't get attached. And the doctor's picking her up in the air saying, look, open your eyes, look. It's like, no, they don't want to look. We then we see Carly coming out. It's, it's a very invasive shot, but I mean, yeah, we see her coming out. It's really emotional. As soon as she comes out, Tyler goes up to Caitlin and kisses her and they're both just sobbing and sobbing and I was nearly sobbing because it was so sad. They're still trying to make Caitlin and Tyler look and they're just holding each other and Tyler's like, we can do this, honey, we can do this. 
I then wrote here, okay, now I know why Caitlin and Tyler are still together. Because if you've been through something like this together, there's no way you're gonna give up on each other if things get a little bit tough. Tyler's sobbing into her saying, this is all for her. She's gonna have such a good life, honey. She's gonna be so happy. Kate says she sounds cute. I just don't wanna look. April and Kate's sisters are both crying. It's so emotional. We then get the classic screenshot. Baby Carolyn, 21.5 inches, seven pounds, four ounces. They do not show the birthday on the screenshot, which they do, I swear, with every single other child. And I'm wondering if that was Brandon and Teresa's doing, that they didn't want her birthday publicized. I don't know why they would do that, but I thought it was odd that all the babies get their birthday and Carly did not get her birthday on the screen. So later on, Kate's recovering in bed. Tyler's there, he's being really nice. April is there and she's not being really nice. She says they're all down there taking pictures and storms out of the room. I know April is sad about her granddaughter here, but also her daughter is right there and in a lot of pain. So why is she not also thinking about her daughter? I think the answer is she's not thinking about her granddaughter or her daughter. She's thinking about herself and she's annoyed that she's not going to get to have a life with this granddaughter but it's not about you april it's about your daughter caitlin who's just gone through a massively traumatic incident and probably needs the support of her mother so caitlin now decides that she does want to see her which i think i'm glad caitlin saw her i think that's the right choice even though i said brandon and Teresa could hold the baby right away i wanted to be the first to hold her so tyler goes to brandon and Teresa and tells them that Kate is holding her. Brandon Teresa's entire presence is just really annoying me. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm such Kate and Tyler fans, and for that reason, I am not Brandon and Teresa fans. Back in the hospital room, Kate holds Carly, who inexplicably has a giant lilac bobble hat on her head. She's so cute, though. She's so lovely. Tyler then holds Carly and cries. They both cry. It's very sad, and I can't make any jokes. Even though Butch is in here and my mom is making herself scarce, my friends came to the hospital to see the baby. We then get a timestamp on the screen here that says five hours after labor. We get our first very brief glimpse of Amber, Tyler's sister. She's in the room at some point and then it's blink and you'll miss her. She's gone again. Caitlin and Tyler are spending time with baby Carly and Dawn awkwardly comes in and sort of awkwardly asks if they can give the baby to Brandon and Teresa now and Caitlin just says no I want to get pictures with Ty first. Dawn then says okay I'll just try and entertain them and hold them off a bit longer. Damn right you'll hold them off a bit longer Dawn. They get to have this baby for the rest of their lives like geez let Caitlin and Tyler have a moment with her without making them feel really bad. So they spend a bit more time with Carly. One hour later, Kate and Ty are getting ready to do the handoff. Brendan and Teresa come in, all smiles, and I still don't like them. Teresa gives Caitlin a gift at this point. So it's a bracelet that says, always in my heart. She says, I have one too. I have one too. And um, we have one for Carly too. And um, so the plan is that I will be always wearing mine and you can be always wearing yours. And when she's older enough, we'll give her hers to wear. We're just going to be so linked for life and we can't thank you enough for this gift. We just want you to know that you'll always be in our hearts. Whatever, Teresa. I'm, so, I'm sorry I'm feeling really negative towards Brandon and Teresa today. I mean, the bracelet thing was sweet. Sure, they're just, they're winding me up. Caitlin is now bawling. She says she's never going to take the bracelet off. 
I thought maybe it would have been nice for April to do something nice like this for Caitlin too during this time of pain, but never mind, she doesn't. We needed my mom to sign the adoption papers in order to give Brandon and Teresa the baby that day. But since she refused the hand but since she refused, the handoff could not happen on hospital grounds. Well done, April. So now Caitlin has to go outside having recently given birth and do this traumatic event out in the open air because you wouldn't sign a form. And TV play the saddest music ever and they cry again. There's not a dry eye in the house. I'm crying, Teresa's crying, Caitlin's crying, Tyler's crying, tears everywhere. A nurse comes to Caitlin and leans into her and says, you're gonna be all right. Again, this should be April doing this. They go outside, Caitlin is wheeled out in a wheelchair, I guess, cause she's just given birth and they have to do the transition, the handoff, just on the roadside. Tyler takes Carly, he hands her over to Brandon and Teresa and then Caitlin and Tyler just stand there hugging while Brandon and Teresa gets ready to drive off. Kim is at least with them I noticed so that was good that Kate and Tyler at least had the support of Kim. Caitlin says she's just kind of like gone now and Tyler says yep she's off to a better life you know. Tyler says I kept her blanket and Caitlin goes did you yeah that's good. I felt so bad for them here. It's just so raw and awkward and no one knows what to do and they're both in so much pain and in that moment they just both looked so young and vulnerable and yeah god I like Caitlin and Tyler. Anyone that gets on Kate's back for her struggles with mental illness needs to go back and watch this episode and needs to go back and watch the early seasons of Teen Mom because anyone would be traumatised and have anxiety and struggle with their mental health if they'd gone through an experience like this. I get anxious and I never had a baby and gave it up for adoption. I had a very normal childhood with a normal nice family and I still struggle with mental health. So the fact that Caitlin struggles with mental health related stuff is of zero surprise to me and I really am of the opinion that, you know, people need to get off her back. I know Caitlin this season this most recent season has got a much better edit and she seems to be doing a lot better anyway. I think that second trip to therapy really seems to have straightened her out and put her in a good place and I'm happy to see how well she's doing now. But I think the season when she wasn't very well and she was, you know, lied on the sofa and she had to go off to treatment. Yeah, I was totally, I was on her side. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, she was probably acting a bit selfishly, but that's because mental illness is selfish, you know? She, I don't think she was doing that on purpose and I don't think she was enjoying putting Tyler through all that stress. She gets a lot of stick for the time that she was going back to treatment for the second time and you know Tyler kind of said what about Nova and Caitlin said she'll live which yes is very harsh if a well person said that you'd be like oh that's an awful thing for a mother to say but I want to remind people that at this point Caitlin was fighting off suicidal thoughts so Caitlin probably did just think about Nova yeah she'll live Caitlin needed to focus on herself and surely it's better for Nova to have a mother that's alive even if it means her going off to treatment for a little bit I'm a Caitlin fan I like her I said previously in my Leah episode I think Caitlin is the sort of person who's just very agreeable I know she's not massively driven you know but that's fine you know who says everyone has to be really driven and career orientated you know I think she's a nice person. I don't think she has any ill will to people. I think the fact that she 
you know, continues to build her relationship with her mum after everything her mum did to her. It just shows that Caitlin's a nice person that, you know, just really doesn't want any conflict. And I like her to conclude. Oh my gosh, we're at the end of the episode. I didn't even realise. So we're at Caitlin's piece to camera now. It's not easy, like, having a baby inside you for nine months and getting that connection and wondering what she's going to look like or who she's going to look like and then just giving her to somebody that you barely even know. It took a lot of strength for me not to take her home with me and Tyler. I didn't have a stable household. I didn't have two parents. I think she's going to have a really great life because Brandon and Teresa are really awesome people. I'm really interested to see what she's going to be like when she's older too. Like if she's in gymnastics or if she's a runner like Teresa. Maybe one day when she's older, we might be able to get to know each other. It hurts my feelings that my mom doesn't support me. It's kind of hard to deal with that because your mom out of all people should be like your number one supporter. Getting pregnant at 16, I really wasn't ready for it. It made me want to make my life better and go to college, get an education. And me and Tyler, we've gotten a lot closer through this whole experience. And he's still the love of my life. And hopefully one day, me and him will get older and have kids together. Which they do. Yay! Giving up my child for adoption was the hardest thing that I'll ever have to do in my life. Nobody wants to give their child away. I just did what my heart told me to do. I think that Carly's going to one day come to me and Tyler and tell us thank you. I'm at peace with my decision. Dun, 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 dun. So yeah, that's the end of the episode. I was dreading doing this episode, to be honest, because I knew how sad it was. But the good news is that now we've got that horrendously sad episode out of the way. Next week I am moving on to Amber's 16 and Pregnant. Oh my god, that really will be the main event of all of our calendars, I know. So much to dissect and digest with Amber. So make sure you tune in next week for that episode. I will endeavour to put that one out on time this week. Again, sorry again for this one coming out a little bit late. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Happy Easter. When this comes out, I think it will be Easter Sunday. So yeah, happy Easter. Have a great week. Enjoy eating your Easter eggs. And I will see you next week. Bye!